But until you have something actually operational, you're nowhere. I don't have something like that. Um, the people I know who likely do don't want to cooperate with this strategy, and they're going to take it to their grave. I'll tell you right now what's going to happen. It'll never be see the day. In the, and, and by the way, <clears throat> the intelligence community that are on the dark end of this, they don't care if you have one of these devices, and it's sitting there in your house, and it's running, and maybe it's running your refrigerator, because it's the tree that fell in the woods no one knows about. I don't give a crap. So what? They're going to care when you hand it off to a renegade like me. Um, and this is a different ballpark now. I'll drag that thing into the skiff and let every senator and president say, here it is. You want your environmental solution? Here's your Green New Deal. Now let's step up to the plate and get it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we got to do. Now, when all that begins to happen, the first part of this is going to be, I think, um, just basic energy generation. But the second is that then you get the things that fly. Now, I told the colonel who was in charge of future technologies for the Air Force, and by the way, the way military works, future means we already have it. Um, right? And he knew that. And I said, look, I, I understand that right now anything that would move like that tic-tac or anything that would move, that can be turned into a missile delivery system, right? And so, you know, the time to get something from uh, North Korea to Washington would be down to 30 seconds, maybe less, uh, and an armed camp with tens of thousands of nuclear weapons. You know, that, that's got some serious national security problems that I understand and agree with that that's a problem. A huge problem. But when we eventually get to the point where we can be peaceful and disarm as a people, and, and I'm, this is where I tell you, the future is either world and interplanetary peace or none. There isn't an in-between. There is no in-between. You cannot go on the way we're going. You're going to destroy the biosphere or end up in DEFCON 1 and a thermonuclear holocaust unless we change the consciousness and the, the social construct of how we're living. It is that simple. This is survival now. And so, but let's go beyond that abyss and say we're going to all work tonight to create the bridge over that chasm in consciousness. That's really what we're doing in our minds, in our hearts, and through non-locality in consciousness globally. And that's happened. And we're now at a level one, level two civilization. Visualize this. Every home and every appliance in your home has its own source of energy, whether it's using a few milliwatts or 10 kilowatts. What does that mean? There are no wires. There's, your, your house doesn't have to have wiring. There are no transmission lines. There are no roads. All the roads that are, all the land under roads were floating or going above, electrogravitic, above. There's no pollution. You know, when COVID happened and everything shut down over there, the air was so clear, people could see mountains they could never see in Southern California and all over the world. Imagine that happening globally and permanently. The earth can heal herself if we quit abusing her. And we have to do it out of an act of great compassion. This is why I very much relate to the Native American 
uh, which are my ancestors as well as some of yours, uh, love of the earth and the respect for the earth and nature. And we can, be, we can have a very high-tech civilization like extraterrestrial worlds have with total balance with the earth. Think of this. You can live in any climate and have a, a dome or a, an enclosed space that could have orange trees in one section, broccoli in another, all organic, all the water for it can be pulled out of the air if there's enough humidity. And if it has to be piped in, in a dry area like this, you can desalinate ocean water for free. That because there's no energy. Once the energy is, quote, no cost, then you can have water. Even the desert shall bloom, as it says in the Bible. And so you can do this and keep doing it at every level. Agriculture, architecture, construction, travel, roads, gone, surface roads. What happens at that point? There's so much abundance that the shackles of economic slavery that allow a handful of global elite sociopaths to be the puppeteers for all of us, we go, eh, eh, we're done with that. You know, your power trip is over right here. That's what this is about. It's control and power. Not money. Once you've got trillions, who cares about money per se? Money is important to you to put your children through college like I did or something. But we're talking about power. So now the power is now back in the hands of the people. Gee, imagine that. We, the people. Not just on, in America, but globally. And so now the people are liberated from having to toil as economic slaves, exhausted. And so people have professions who are still going to work, but it's going to be 10, 20 hours a week. And then the next phase kicks in. After a period of people being obsessed with frivolity uh, and just playing with their free time, which is what a lot of people do when they first get it, over time there will be a growing number of people who will be pivoting to, now what? What meaning? So then they're going to pursue higher states of consciousness. They're going to learn the science and consciousness. And I'm telling you, as I see it, in the next thousand years, the big science, the big breakthroughs in science are all going to be related to the science of consciousness. Because these other material sciences are already extant. They exist on the planet today as I am speaking, albeit they're in highly classified projects. So once we get over this block and this leap over this chasm, it is, as the extraterrestrial said to Colonel Corso, it's a new world if you can take it. A new world if you can take it. Now that last little part is very important. This is a sphere, like all worlds with intelligent life, of free will. We have the will to choose it or not choose it. So far, there haven't been enough humans to choose that good future. And they've either been passive or have been part of the problem actively. Most are just by default. But as people get educated and learn what the, this is, and I always tell people, this has not been kept secret because it's trivial. Disclosing this issue makes a run at the foundation of the covert 
macroeconomic system that has enslaved the world for almost a century by the industrial fascists, true industrial fascism. And we're still living in that time. We have not gotten over that. We may have won World War II, but we lost the bigger struggle at the end of World War II. As uh, the grandson of Paul Mellon told me, who was one of the few billionaires at the world underwear, he said, my whole family are fascists. It was the first time I met him. I said, excuse me? He says, yeah, my grandfather was Paul Mellon, one of the few billionaires in the World War II. You know, he and Watson of IBM and Prescott Bush, Papa Bush's father, and, uh, you know, Henry Ford, they were all big supporters of Adolf Hitler and fascism. But that all started in the late 1800s and early mid-20th century because they really wanted to have the industrialists having a power over the government to be able to have the government serve the needs of the corporate. That is the definition of fascism, by the way, even though it's thrown around by some people who don't know what the definition of fascism is. That is fascism. So we're still living under that fascist regime. Now, to, to defeat this totalitarian fascism is going to take some courage because they obviously have the technological, financial, and otherwise upper hand, but they don't have or, or, uh, as much support if it was known. You pull the curtain back on this, you know, the people go, oh, really? <laughs> Screw that. And it's not to create anything violent. It's to say, no, we're going to walk away from that and we're going to create a new world together. This is what the ET was offering, a new world if you can take it. So that literally meant also the technologies to create that world and the consciousness of the oneness of human life and extraterrestrial civilizations living in harmony together. Um, and as that evolves... Now let's go forward 50 to 100 years. People are going to have abundance. We're in peace. People will be pursuing higher states of consciousness. We're going to hit Bing, a level 3 civilization, a level 4 civilization. More and more people are going to be in higher states of consciousness. And in those higher states of consciousness, more and more of these technologies are going to be unlocked. Consciousness-assisted technologies, teleportation, all of this. And as we evolve in higher states of consciousness, we'll be able to interface and understand civilizations that are at a level 6, 8, 10. Because you, you just can't when you're not quite there yet. You, but as a people, I'm not talking about, there are always individuals that are at different levels of consciousness in these higher states of consciousness we went through yesterday. But I'm talking about the whole world. And here's something beautiful. They, have, you know, they did the studies, and they couldn't figure out at the end of World War II during the, uh, in, in the Netherlands, and the Dutch people who had traditionally been the tallest people, they were very, because of starvation and lack of nutrition, the children that were born were very short in stature, and they grew up. And it turned out that even though the nutrition improved, the short stature, actually, for ones who were such affected, were passed on in one generation to the progeny, to their descendants, and the next generation. And it turns out that that's through the RNA and the seminal vesicle. I won't get into all the genetics of it, of the male. But imagine if the reverse has also been proven. What happens when you have children 
from their parents who are now meditating in higher consciousness and higher intelligence, that's not 20, 30, 100 generations. That's the next generation, boom. Then the next generation, boom, boom. Because it becomes an exponential up. So within 100, 200 years, this planet, how we function, how we think, what our state of consciousness, will not be recognizable to today. And that's beautiful. Now we ha it is a whole new world, not just materially, but in consciousness and intelligence and spirituality and innate capabilities. And now let's extrapolate 1,000, 2,000. By the end of the next 800 to 1,000 years, the Earth will be integrated and known by every other planetary civilization in the cosmos. All of them. That's fast. And we'll progress from there. And as the centuries go forward, and our civilization becomes a world of cosmic consciousness, God consciousness, unity consciousness, enlightenment, we then are the ETs to worlds that are evolving after us. And this cycle goes on forever. It, it doesn't end. And that's where we're going. This is where our potential is. It's all potential within us because we're awake, sentient beings. It will unlock and unlock, but it unlocks very quickly once you become a peaceful, global civilization that's living without damaging the environment and the people are freed up from scrounging on the zero-sum game of subsistence living. And they can then pursue higher states of consciousness, meditation, intelligence, learning, knowledge. Because remember, it's get passed on one generation instantly. Next one, bigger. This is a message of great hope to younger people and to... Uh, and even those of us facing our you know, later years where we have, you know, I have 11 grandchildren. This is really exciting, isn't it? And then... <laughs> and, and to get a little glimpse of this, I like telling this story that's the part left out of the of Bent Waters rendition forest. And some of you have heard this, you know, that event happened in the early 80s and there was a black onyx pyramid rectangle at the base, pyramid that landed at this Air Force base uh, in England. And it was a secret nuclear facility that had that been known could have triggered World War III in, in those days. And, and certainly riots in the United Kingdom. And there were all these series of sightings and craft that were coming in and out at this place because it, it, it had the potential to be the butterfly over the North Pole, the tippet, and boom, you're, now you're at DEFCON 1 for reasons I won't go into. So one night, there was this object came and it landed. And there were people that are on our team who are disclosure probably who were more distant who saw it and heard and then, you know, all the things that happened. You can read their account. What wasn't reported were the, the senior officers, Air Force, military, U.S., who were there. There was a luminous being of kind of like light, like that crystalline being that I have here up the upper, le upper, upper left for you guys that kind of floated out of the side 
didn't, there's nothing open, didn't walk out, just sort of floated out and communicated in thought form, impressions, and feeling. That's how they communicate. And said, we are your children from 500,000 years in the future, your descendants, you, humans, here. And we will not exist if you stay on this path you're on. Time travel. And, of course, none of these officers wanted to go on the record about this. Why? Because they were afraid they'd be considered a kook. See, this is one thing I've also found, the kind of self-censoring that happens with people. They leave out the really important stuff because they're afraid of being, as someone asked earlier, ridiculed. Luckily, I guess I'm shameless enough. I don't care what. If someone wants to ridicule me, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I don't really care. You can ridicule me all you want. I like it. I laugh at myself all the time. So, but that was the heart of what happened. But what's beautiful about it, and they made it quite clear, we have gone interstellar. And we are actually ETs. And so people said, well, were they ETs that landed or humans? I said they were humans after we had evolved for hundreds of thousands of years and gone to all manner of star systems all throughout the cosmos. So that's what we're going to be in half a million years. And there's a lot of beautiful evolution between now and then. Because as you evolve in consciousness... You evolve in your light body, and as it evolves, your physical body evolves. See, everyone has it backward. You think that your physical body creates brainwave and this and that, and that's how you're conscious. No. Consciousness is infinite and exists with or without the physical body. Your individual reality exists with or without. The, that's what near-death experiences are. I've had patients who, in you know, very terrible trauma, are up and they recount everything that was happened, even though they were dead, till we got them back. So that goes on, but the body is actually manifested by the astral, like the cosmology we went through yesterday. The thought body and then the pure consciousness within it manifests the astral. So as you go into higher states of consciousness. Your thought essence, your frequency evolves, your light body evolves, your physical body evolves, and then your progeny, your children, and your children shall evolve. So even your physical, it's a, it really is like we become a new species, but it's the normal trajectory of evolution. So when we meet some of these ETs, what we're really doing is we're meeting our future. No, not literally. In this case, in, in England, in that landing, they, those were our descendants. But in most of these, it's, it's like a glimpse into what we are going to be and what we can do. And it's beautiful. And so it never ends. The evolution and the trajectory we're on as a people, it goes forever. And that's it's so beautiful. So that's what we keep in mind. So with that vision and that knowledge and the certainty that what I just showed you is told you is absolutely the case, we're going to take our little break for meditation and dinner, and then we're going to be out at the site. Hopefully you all have instructions on how to get there. 
I don't do logistics, but hopefully you all know. Um, and we'll be starting at 8. Now, it does get dark. The sun sets a little before 7. And by 7.20, it's really quite dark. Bring a flashlight. Uh, bring warm clothes and bring water because it's very dry in the desert. It's, everything just dries out. You don't even, it's called insensible water loss. And we will start at 8, and we're going to have four hours under the stars together. And as you're meditating between now and then, show the ETs where we're going to be and just invite them respectfully to come. Okay? Thank you. God bless you all. We'll see you.